Okay, Mana Ministries, uh, this is Module 13, The Power of His Presence. Tonight we're 13.4, The Strength of His Presence. We are turning to 2 Corinthians 12, and we're reading verse 9 and 10. Here we go. What does it say? But he said to me, verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest upon me. Uh, We don't often do that. When we're in a place of weakness, when we find ourselves under stress, when we find ourselves things happening, and we can't really cope with the things, um, he said, Paul is saying, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, Christ, this is where Christ's power operates. Remember, the grace of God ministers to those in a place of humility from last week. So he, he's saying, look, it's okay. Christ's power will rest on him in such a situation. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and difficulties, for when I am weak... Then I am strong. So the strength of his presence, we understand that the Spirit of God dwells within us and he is strong, yes? He has a divine ability in any and every situation. We talked about the seven anointings or the seven spirits, the seven um, characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Uh, typified by the throne of God where there's seven lamps before the throne and so on. We talked about about that last week. But his grace is sufficient for us. Many have felt that weakness and inability has been a real curse. But God is at work in those sorts of times. His power and strength are available. We just need to continue to remember that when he can't, when you can't, he can. And that's a stance of faith. No, no, I can't do that. No, 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 I can't do that. No, no, I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, we, we, we have to exchange our strength. We have to trade in our weakness and take on his strength, yes? And believe that he is able in these situations. The less I have, the more I depend upon him, is the Living Bible translation. People, Paul did not count weakness to be a disadvantage. He saw it as an opportunity for God's strength. If we are strong ourselves, then we can feel we do not need God. If we've got it all together, and there's not many of those people around, or they might think they have, but, uh, you know, if we think that, we start to think, oh, no, I can handle all this, don't you worry, I'll just, and we're independent of God. In fact, some have gone so far as to say, well, God actually doesn't exist. I don't need him. I'm fine as I am. Um, that, is, uh, that can be a disastrous place to get into. My grace is sufficient for you. I put in the box there, God is, grace is God's supernatural ability in place of our inability. When we face difficult circumstances where we are unable to gain the victory, then God's provision is that measure of grace, his supernatural ability, sufficient to meet the need. And we have to wrestle with that. We have to acknowledge that. We can either say, oh, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, 
about this life of Australia and so on. Or we can make a, a confession that God's grace is sufficient for me. I'm, I can, God and I can handle this. He is in me. He is the strength of my life. If you go to Paul found himself in all sorts of difficulties. The previous chapter talks about that. And he knew about weaknesses. He knew about difficulties. And he's still saying that God's grace is sufficient. He said, um, I've worked much harder, been in, this is in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. I've been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Some of the men would die under that. Um, uh, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I've laboured and taught and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. So he had all these pressures of, of life, but an extreme level for, for him. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. So he, he says, I, I, I've been through the mill. I have not found this easy, being a follower of Jesus. I've not found life easy. I've gone through all sorts of things. And he said, and then he comes in into chapter 12 and he says, well, I'm telling you this, God says his grace is sufficient for me. I'm still going. I'm still alive. I'm still functioning. Hallelujah. God is with me. And when I can't get there, he's been with me and he's helped me through. And uh, so th this is what he's saying. Uh, verse 9. So he says, I don't mind weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Hudson Taylor, that great missionary to China, said, All God's giants have been weak men and women who did great things for God because they reckoned on his being with them. That is a great statement. And it's a true statement. Greatness in the kingdom of God comes from realizing that God calls us to be somebody and to enable us to function at a level and to do stuff in the kingdom of God that we can't do. But we reckon on his being with us. Hallelujah. We say, Lord, here we go. You come with me. Spirit of God, spirit of wisdom, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of power. Spirit of the fear of God, you're with me today, hallelujah. And here we go, we're going to keep going through thick and thin, through disaster, through trouble, through victory, through challenge, whatever it is. Lord, I can do everything you ask me to with the help of Christ's strength and his power, yes? Over in the book of Hebrews, it talks in the chapter of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is a great chapter. It talks all about faith. And um, it's, it, 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 it's the, known as the chapter of faith. But when you get down to verse 33, talking about all these people by faith Moses, by faith Abraham, by faith uh, Rahab, by faith so on, uh, and, and so on. It talks about all these different great men and women of faith. 
And verse 32 says, And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword. And then it says this, Whose weakness was turned to strength by faith whose weakness was turned to strength and became powerful. You know, when we acknowledge the presence of God, that weakness, that inability that we have to do what God's asked us to do, that can be turned to strength and we become, we become powerful. In this case, he's talking about becoming powerful in battle. But God enables us to become what we weren't previously. If God asks us and God puts a, a possibility before us that we see in the scriptures, then if he puts that possibility before us, you can be sure he reckons that you and him can make it. You and him will get there. And so it's a matter of being able to, uh, by faith, allow God to turn our weakness into his strength. It's the strength of his presence. It's that inner strength, that resolve, that determination to push through. Uh, in Isaiah 40, it says this, They that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. What happens? They will mount up with wings. The old King James verses, they will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk. And they shall not faint. They that what? Wait upon the Lord. And that word wait in the original Hebrew language is the word to exchange. They that wait upon. When you wait upon God, when you seek his presence and come before him and say, Lord, this is where I am, but I need to be there in my life. You've put possibilities in front of me. You've spoken over my life. You might be carrying a, a prophetic word that is spoken over you. Say, I'm here, but God has purpose that I be there. And, and so at times in his presence where we are changed from glory into glory, beholding him, Paul says, we are changed from glory into glory, 2 Corinthians 3.16, even as by the Holy Spirit. So in his presence, they that wait upon the Lord, they that spend time in his presence, they, that they shall what? They shall renew their strength. That word wait means to exchange. Or renew, that word renew means to exchange. They will exchange their strength. They that wait upon. And the, and the word that's used in that waiting, that, that, the particular word that, the, that God used is, uses in that verse, is, and it's a picture. And it's a picture of a little thin vine. You know, a little vine little thin vine, and it wraps itself around a great pillar and climbs up the pillar, yes? And it goes to great heights. And what it's doing, it's using the strength of the pillar to go further, to stand taller than it ever could. And that's the word that is there. It means to wait, to exchange, to wait in God's presence and exchange our strength, to renew our strength or exchange our strength. Trade in. Trade in our strength. Be like, you say, well, I can't do this. Lord. Okay, just wind yourself around God 
Entwine yourself in his presence and hallelujah, things are going to happen. You will begin to uh, soar on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You shall walk and not faint. If you've got a, a, a note there, there's three things there. You'll, you'll, you'll rise on wings like eagles. It talks about elevation. It talks about going higher than you've ever gone before. It talks about running, acceleration. Elevation and acceleration. You'll run. You'll start to make progress and you won't get... Uh, there it is. You will run and not grow weary. Hallelujah. And it says there, you will walk endurance and not be faint. So there's three things. When we exchange our strength, there comes this thing. Yes, I can fly higher than I've ever flown before. The things that I couldn't get over before, God will allow me to soar on wings like eagles. Hallelujah. I will fly in the, into this. I will run and I will accelerate. You know, God's purpose is always to move forward. God's, you, God wants us to keep going forward. No matter what, keep going forward. God's blessings are yes and they are amen. And he wants you to just keep going. Hallelujah. No matter what. He's got more. You'll run. Hallelujah. I was running this morning. Uh, this, well, around midday, around lunchtime. You can run. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, and not be weary. Well, by the time I finished my run, it wasn't like that. <laughs> but in the spiritual, we can accelerate. We can make progress, and because it's, it's energized by the Holy Spirit, we don't get that weariness of, of fulfilling God's passion. Sophia is teaching all these foundations. I think you're doing four classes per week at the moment uh, for different people. And, and, and she's just, she comes home and she's, she's running and not getting weary. She comes home with a, with a joy and a passion. She just keeps ministering to people, yes. And so, and you walk and not for endurance. And if you can't walk, and if you can't run, and if you can't soar like wings on eagles, just stand. Just stand and wait for the next season to come through. Yeah? And get into God's presence, exchange your That's why Sunday night's called the presence. We're, going to, we're, we're deliberately setting aside a, few, a couple of hours that Sunday night just to come into the presence of God. And trusting that as we worship him, as we dedicate ourselves to just come and stand in the presence and worship God, hallelujah, that he will work his works of grace in our lives. Yes? And as we wait on him, we exchange our strength. We trade in. Trade in my sickness for his health. Hallelujah. Trade in for my weariness for his divine energy. Praise God. Trade in my can't for his can. Yes, we can. And so there's that sort of waiting in God's presence. So there we are. That's great. Hallelujah. Page one. Over the page. 2 Corinthians 3. Verse 5 and 6. Where is it? Why haven't I got it? Here it is. Um... Not that we are, uh, first four is good, such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent or adequate in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us, he has made us competent or adequate as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit 
gives life. See, it says there, but we're not adequate for ourselves. Well, you say, well, that's right, I'm not. And you stop there. But it goes on, it says, but our competence or our adequacy comes from God. And he lives within our lives. He has made us adequate. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives life. You know, you, you, you and I can't do Holy Spirit stuff, life. He can through us. And that's why it's important to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to be released from our lives. And, um, and so the, the more he's free to function, the more uh, of his life touches other people. And, and so he, he makes us adequate. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives life. You, can't, you know, you can preach, you can tell everybody in the world that they ought to give their life to Jesus. And you can preach your heart out and they just look at you and say, oh, yeah, that's interesting. But the Holy Spirit cause, brings conviction and causes the change, doesn't it? We can't do that. Only he can do that. It's the Holy Spirit that gives life. It's the Holy Spirit that makes us adequate. Hallelujah. All right, there's a few scriptures here. Let's look up these. Who's going to look up 1 Corinthians 1, 15? Thank you. Philippians 4.13. We should be like that off by heart. Thank you. Ephesians 6.10. Who's got that? Thank you. I see a hand. Who's got it? Margaret. Thank you. And Romans 9.16. Who's got that for me? Thank you, Shirley. No, I don't have my Bible. You don't have your Bible. That will be awkward. You can borrow hers. Okay, D. Thank you. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians 15. And we have got verse 9 and 10. Let's read it. What have we got? For I am the least worthy of the apostles, who am not fit or deserving to be called an apostle, because I once wronged and pursued and molested the church of God, oppressing it with cruelty and violence. But by the grace, the unmerited favour and blessing of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not found to be for nothing fruitless and without effect. In fact, I worked harder than all of them, Though it was not really I, but the grace, the unmerited favour and blessing of God, which was with me. Yes. So he, I am. He, what, he, he's, he's there and he's and he's talking and he, he's he's known. You know, he was he was killing the church. He was lining them up and sending them to the lions. He was, you know, story. You know, he he was helping crucify them. He was he was in, he's, any if he could find a Christian man, they were in trouble. And, and, and yet God touched and he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And that's true of us. It's true. It's true of you. It's true of me. If we've got anything, it's because of the unmerited favour, the ability of the Holy Spirit within us, the gracious ability of the Holy Spirit within us that makes us what we are. And it says here, it says, uh, it was not I that he says, I've worked for the kingdom of God, but he says, not I, but the grace of God that was with me. In other words, the Holy Spirit that was working through him that achieved the things. And he opened up church after church after church. And the, peop you know, the people that didn't follow Jesus, they hated him. You know, just as much as he hated the Christians to start with, they hated him when he became a Christian. But he just kept going. He said, well, even when I'm weak, he says, that's when the power of Christ rests on me. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And if you and I are going to accomplish anything, it is just like that. It's because of the grace of God. Right, next one. Philippians 4.13. Uh, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. Yeah. Ephesians 6.10. Uh, 
Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in who? The Lord. The Lord. And in his mighty power. How am I going to know the strength of his presence? Am I, am I going to become strong? No. I'll just be meek. But I'm strong in the Lord. If I will let him work his works through me, then I become strong. You know, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Yeah? Yeah. Boy, that is that is good. I don't have to I don't have to do this stuff. I just have to learn to allow him. And that's what next week is about, the release of the presence of God. The release of the presence of God. And we're going to talk about brokenness part of that. That the dealings of life that happen that release the power of God through us. Hallelujah. And we'll look at that next week. Number three, God leads us to places of weakness. Oh, we have done Romans 9. Thank you. Yeah, um, so then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. So it's not of him who wills, love. Not of him who wills. Yeah, who decides? Nor of him who runs. No. But of God who shows mercy. So it's not by our effort that we have breakthrough. It's not by us just gritting our teeth, although we need resilience and we need, but it's a faith thing. It's a, it's a balance between having faith and resting in God, which is also faith, and, and it's the Spirit of God upon us that brings us through these things. And afterwards, we look back and say, wow, wow, look what God's done. What we need to do is when we're in the midst of the trouble is to begin to thank him there by faith and say, well, now you're going to do something good out of this. Because this is a disaster. But I'm trusting you, Lord. And so we begin to thank him. And we know it's only him that's going to get us through. Okay, good. Sometimes God leads us to places of weakness. It is possible to become so capable that we no longer rely on the Holy Spirit. We can learn how to do things. We can learn how to do things. And, and God wants us to do that. He wants... It's, he wants us to be able to learn skills and upskill and get better at the things that are important. And uh, so that's, that's good. But it's no good if we then say, leave this to me. And, and, and so God then opens up opportunities that are ahead of us that we say, oh man, I don't know how to do that. And God wants us to go to the next level. Yeah? And so then what do we do? We begin to say, Lord, you've got to be with me. We start praying. We start saying, God, help. Ha! Help me. God says, that's better. Try this. So, so sometimes God leads us into places and situations where we feel weak and vulnerable. He stretches us to accomplish greater things. He leads us into places and situations where if he doesn't come through, we fail and fall and fail. So that's pretty mean of God. Well, yeah, it can appear like that, but it's not like that. Remember, when Jesus was baptised, the next verse says, the Holy Spirit drove him into the desert. And that word drove was, is, is the Greek word ekbalo, which means you're going there. <laughs> Where am I going? Lord, I've just been baptised. I'm your son. You're very <laughs> pleased with me. Right, desert. But rough. 
He drove him. Heck, buddy, you're going there. So he says, wait a minute, I don't want to go there. You're going there. Is this just to give Jesus a hard time? He's fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And the devil's at it. We only hear of the three things that the devil did. Goodness knows what else came his way and those, some of the thoughts that he had and whatever. He was just like us. And so he, and God says, this is good. So wait a minute. It says Jesus came out of that thing in the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what God wanted him to do. He, see, God, his Father, wanted Jesus, before he started out on his ministry, he needed to know that the word of God in his mouth would defeat the devil every time. And he faced the enemy and said, it is written. And he saw things happen. The devil came at him again. God said, this is my son. It is written. And Jesus, who would have been brought up in the scriptures from early age, and had a good ability to, to learn those scriptures and knew them off by heart, and many of them, he, he had this reservoir of the word of God. And God said, you need to see this in action. You need to face the devil himself head on because you're going to face a lot of his demons and a lot of his angels. You're going to face them. They're going to come flying from everywhere when they see you turn up. But let's face the devil himself and you will know that you're going to, you'll win the victory. Hallelujah. And so God brings him to this place of weakness. He deliberately leads him into this place so that he can learn what he can never learn uh, eating Kentucky Fried and everything else (laughs) and having a good life. No. So sometimes God allows us to come into a season where we find weakness in our lives and challenge. And it's okay because he's with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's there and he wants us to learn his principles. Remember what I taught you the other week? Uh, the, 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 the promise, yes, and the problem. Pro, there's a problem, the principle, and the provision. And between the promise and the provision, there's always a principle that needs to be learned. Hallelujah. Uh, that we need to learn and to walk into. And so he's, he drives them into the desert, and it's okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. She said, Paul was such a mighty, mighty, mighty apostle and saw God move fantastically. But boy, did he go through the mill. Did he have it tough? You think you have it tough? Well, I'll tell you what. He, <laughs> he, he had a very uncomfortable life. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 and 9. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. So Paul said, I thought I was a goner. More than once I thought I was a goner. But he's floating around in the sea for a day and a night. <laughs> you know, and and he's, he's gone through all the things that we read about before. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. We thought, this is, she's all over Rover. This is what he, he says, probably travelling with his mates. Poor Silas has said, mate, we're, we're in big trouble here. If God doesn't come through, we're sunk, sunk, sunk. So here the, but this happened. Why did this happen? This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Hallelujah. As you help us by 
your prayers. You see? So prayer matters. It's a good thing to ask someone to pray for you when you're in trouble. Prayer changes things. But, but he says, so you say, why, why, Paul, are you going through this? Well, I'm going through this. He says, I'll tell you why. So that I might not rely on myself, but on God who raises the dead. Yes? Yeah. I remember um, there's a little girl in, uh, in our Auckland church, she was about 12, and she got uh, measles. And uh, she, uh, she got it, and the jelly measles went to her brain. And she just was going out. She was, she was had it, she was, went into a coma. And they said, there's no real chance. This, it's gone too far. And uh, we know measles is a deadly disease. or well, we don't know in New Zealand how deadly it is. But uh, this, this is what happened. And anyway, um, I was cool and we went up and uh, anointed her with oil. The parents asked us to go up and anoint her with oil. And uh, she's... Well, anyway, she just came right. In a couple of days, she came out of the coma. The measles just subsided. And uh, this was all happening in about four days. And then on Sunday, I was there, and, and we were just, the meeting had started, and I was, we were just on the platform, and I saw the parents come in. And um, here was Felicity with them, uh, this little girl. And uh, as she came in, the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, look. <laughs> I said, what? In my heart, you know, what? The music's going, the worship said, what? Look, she is a sign. I said, what? What sort? It's a sign, okay. Yes, she's a sign that you need to know that you hold the keys of death and of hell, that you hold the keys of the kingdom and you can change situations. Every time I saw that little girl, I said, thank you, Lord. As a people, as a body of people, we have the power to overcome. Yes? Hallelujah. And so, you know, these things happen for us. You know, we go through. And, of course, the people, when they came through and they saw what God had done, what sort of faith do you think they had? You know, every time they looked at her, and every time I looked at her, I said, Lord, thank you. You've given us the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed on heaven. And so we need to know those sorts of things. So who are we relying on? Is that situation, and you've got to remember this. This is a, this, you've got to underline these sort of verses because you're going to need them one day. Why is this happening? It's maybe... And, and it's different. maybe it's because so that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who can raise the dead. Hallelujah. If he can raise the dead, then my situation is probably easy peasy to it. Yes? And we need to have that sort of strength in our faith and iron in our soul to trust God no matter what. Hallelujah. And look for the miracle and expect the miracle. Hallelujah. Difficulties that take us beyond ourselves. When we face problems, decisions, or opportunities that we cannot cope with, does God want us to go under? No. Does God want us to be all worried and tense? No. He wants us to draw on his indwelling grace, 
the ability of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Lord, I can't, but you can. Hallelujah. And we need to stay in faith and expect God to do something. Coming up on Sunday, it's Pentecost Sunday, hallelujah. I'm believing God for many people to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm believing for breakthroughs for people. I'm believing for, you know, we're coming up, uh, this is this week, next week uh, is the release of his presence. And then the next three are are on divine healing. And I'm hoping anybody can come to those. And I'm believing, uh, right now, I was praying this morning, I'm believing God. What am I going to believe for? I'm going to believe God for everyone to see a miracle of healing in their, in their life over those times. Hallelujah. What am I, you know, what's the use of not believing that? Oh, well, we just have on divine healing, but I don't think anyone will get healed. <laughs> you know, we'll do our best, but hey, you know. No, we're not going to do our best. He's going to do his best. Hallelujah. We just need to be channels for his blessing. So we need to stay in faith. Expect God to do something. Recognize your weakness and inabilities. Do not let them have dominion over you. Who is it that rules your life? Lord, your grace is sufficient. Your Lord, your ability can overcome my inability. When I am weak, what? Then I am strong. The less I have, the more I depend upon him. Oh, yeah. Father to his son. Some of you heard me tell you about the little boy and his father out gardening. And there's a rock there. And his father says, son, get, just move that rock. I want you to move it over here. And, 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 and the boy says, okay, dad, fair enough. So he goes, the fellow goes, and he gets down the stuff. He says, oh, man, whoa. He says, whoa. You know, I can't, I can't move it. Come on, son, you're not trying. Sure you can move it. Try again. I can't, I can't move it. Of course you can, son. You're just not using all your strength. I am, dear. No, you're not. Go again. You're not using all your strength. I am, dear. I can't move it. I am using all my strength. No, you're not. What do you mean? You haven't asked me to help you. Dad, would you help me? Sure. Here we go. Got it? Yeah. See, we can't move some things by ourselves. We think we're using all our strength, but we're not. Inside us is the strength of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Who can take us another mile. Mm. He can help us. What we can't do, he can do. Trust him. He's a good God. Mm. In the book of Zechariah, which is just the one before Malachi, the last book in the Bible, the prophet is down. Um, the, the, they had come down as refugees to Jerusalem. They were trying to rebuild the temple. And it was a hopeless task. They got started. And they got the foundations down, and then they, they quit. They said, this is too hard. We've run out of money. We've run out of stones. We've run out of energy. We just can't do it. And so 
quite a number of years, 20 to 30, 40 years went by, and this thing is still just sitting there, the foundations are still sitting there. And so Zechariah the prophet gets down there, and uh, he's, he's facing this mountain of difficulty where these people are just, they're refugees, they're as poor as the refugees can be. They haven't got much. And, um, and so it's like a mountain. And so he, said, um, so, he said, so he said, this is the word, verse 6. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Uh, this is the Zerubbabel. No, Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you? O mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. The authorised verse says, What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain. And he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace unto it. See, when we face a mountain of difficulty, this was a huge mountain. It says, God Zerubbabel and, and Zechariah said, what, what, we can't do this. And God said, listen, it's not by mine. It's not by your strength. It's not by your power. It's by the Holy Spirit, says the Lord. What are you? Who do you think you are, you mountain that faces it? You're going to come down. And, and, and I'm going to take down the very top, the very heights of that mountain. I'm going to bring them down and make it a level plane. And you're going to walk over the top of these things. And you're going to shout, grace, grace. In other words, you're going to know that you never did this. <laughs> that I did it. <laughs> that my ability has overcome your ability and this temple will be built. And then he says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And when you see a glimmer of hope, when you see the start of something, don't say, oh, it's nothing. When you see it in, in healing, when you see something starting, if God starts a healing, he wants you to be strong in faith and see it through because he says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So when you see something, you get a little bit, they press through for the rest. Hallelujah. You see? And, and so it's like that. Uh, it's, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And uh, so it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Mary, when confronted by the angel, again, this is my, I come back to the scripture so often because this has changed my life and this is what I believe. And if God does anything in my life, it's because this is how it's done. And so uh, the angel turns up and says to Mary, you're going to be with child. And he's going he's to change the world. And she says, fair enough. She said, how will this be? Verse 34 of Luke 1. Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That's how. It doesn't say that's how. I just put that in. <laughs> <laughs> you see the angels. Mary said, well, what do you mean I'm going to have a child and he's going to be king of kings, Lord of How's, how's that? I mean, she's 16. How, how is that ever going to happen? The angel looks her straight in the eyes. Only angels can, I guess. And said, listen, the Holy Spirit should come upon you. And the power of the Almighty will overshadow you. That's how. That this child will be, it says there, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
for verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. And so we're faith. See, how are you and I going to be all that God wants us to be? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's why this Sunday night is so important. That's why, you know, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you need to be. You need to be in yeah, everything that God has for you. Hallelujah, because it's, it's not by my, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The power. How will this be, Mary says? How am I going to do this? This is impossible. Nothing's impossible, says the angel. How's it going to be then? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Almighty shall overshadow you. Hallelujah. This gives us an ability that we could never, ever know ourselves. That's how God does things. It's the only way he does things. The Holy Spirit. Lastly, the soil was the last one I wanted to share about. 1 Samuel chapter 10. And that will be coffee time. 1 Samuel chapter 10. King Saul. And here, verse 6. It says here, this is Samuel finds Saul and he says, Hey, something's going to happen to you. Very good, says Saul. Verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you will prophesy with them and you will be changed into a different person. Hallelujah. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do for God is with you. You can't fulfill whatever God wants you to do without the first bit, the Holy Spirit changing you into another man, into another woman. It says in verse 9, As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. And all these signs were fulfilled that day. That is the hope that you and I have that God will change us, that the Spirit of God will come upon us and we will be changed into another man. When I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, I've told you this, but when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, I was a pretty shy, not sure of myself, 18-year-old, 17-year-old, 18-year-old, I think it probably was. But I tell you what, when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of God came upon me in power. Hallelujah. For two hours or more, three hours, I was lost in God. I just worshipped God in another language. I'd never learned, praised Him and worshipped Him so much so I missed lunch, which I'd never done before or since. And, and, and God, and within three months, God had changed me. God had changed me. The Spirit of God had got up out of my life. He was there, but He needed to fill me and overflow my life. Hallelujah. The personality that God had placed in me that was locked away because of I don't know what, suddenly got broken. And within three months I was out and singing on the streets and uh, preaching with a, with a singing group. And, and we, got, we, we got together and I got this trailer and out we went on the streets of Wellington. Hallelujah. And we're leading people to the Lord. Changed! Changed by, by, by being immersed in the spirit of being drowned, baptised. Filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. It was a life changing thing for me. And so Samuel says, I'll tell you what, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you will prophesy with them and you will be changed into a different person. Hallelujah. I've experienced that and I want to continue to walk in it. Amen. Amen. 
And as Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed his heart and all these signs were fulfilled. Then he says, once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do for God is with you. There are moments of encounter with God. Every generation has to have its own encounters with God. I was brought up um, and my parents had been, uh, came to the law and uh, my dad and the older people in our church in Wellington when I was a kid brought up, they had all been brought into the things of God um, during the, the days of evangelist Smith Wigglesworth. When he came to New Zealand and he, the town hall, you, you couldn't get into the town hall for six weeks. You, you, they, they would leave work and they'd bring their, their tea and a, a lunchbox and they would go from work and line up outside the town hall so that they could try and get in. And there were hundreds of them packed out in the standing room only. And, all these people, and miracles happened. Miracles of healing. Miracles. Cancers. Everything. My mum uh, saw, uh, saw these things and the older people that got saved in those things. They had their stories of encounters with God, yeah? But we, as the next generation, had to have our own God. We had to learn. We don't just listening to what they had. God has to touch every generation. Hallelujah. So that you've got your own stories that you pass on to your kids and you've seen the miracle power of God. And so it's like that. And so there it is. We need to have our own stories of God's encounter. Our memory verse is let's we'll read it together now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us Ephesians 3 20 what a great scripture you know God can do stuff for us through us hallelujah more than you can imagine more than you can imagine amen I am believing God for another great season in my life. I am believing God for another. You say you're too old. Too bad. I'm not too old for God. Yeah? Hallelujah, you see. So another season. Another season of empowering of the Holy Spirit to do. See this area touched by the Spirit of God. See? I've seen so many things over my life. God do some wonderful things. And I want to see it. God do it again. And bring hundreds to the Lord. Hallelujah. There is no reason why the, that, what is it, center, Turner Center, should not be filled with people who have given their hearts to the Lord. What, what do you think? You know, would God be more thrilled with that place being half empty? Or would he be more thrilled if the main Turner Center plus that room was filled to overflowing every Sunday morning with people who had found Jesus yeah. and had come to worship him. Yeah. Well, you know, don't you? I reckon he, that's what he wants to see. So, hallelujah, I've seen him do these things. I've seen it happen twice in the two seasons of my life. I'm starting to really believe God for another great season in him where God will come and move by his spirit. Hallelujah. How can we, he's able to him to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Yes? According to what? His power. That is where? At work within us. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we just bow our heads in your presence. Lord, I thank you that your word is a living word. 
I pray that you'll take these scriptures and write them upon the tablets of our hearts. Lord, that we, these things will, 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 will go like seeds into our, into our lives. And they'll bring forth fruit in the days that lie ahead. Lord, I hear you, telling, you keep telling me. There you go. The people are going to need these scriptures. Lord, things are going to start rolling. And I pray, Lord, that you will be strong in faith, that we'll trust you for the impossible. We'll trust you, Lord, uh, for things where people are confronted with difficulties, that, Lord, we'll see the mountains come tumbling down. The people will be able to walk through. Hallelujah. And make progress, Lord, in their lives. So, Lord, we give you thanks in anticipation of a great season, Lord, where though we are weak, you are strong. Let the power and the strength of your presence be known within each one in this room, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.